We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uncontested post game show. I'm your host for tonight, Justin, as Oklahoma City falls to the Washington Wizards 109 to 129. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star rating. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook for all of your lovely Thunder content needs. Tonight, the Thunder in a 20-point loss to the Wizards, their 13th straight loss as the Wizards get their 7th straight win. Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, big nights. Some of the Thunder youngins had good nights too, but alas, the Thunder tank rolls on as they're firmly in the 5th seed in the draft lottery odds. Before I patch you over to tonight's show, I do want to make one note. I had some technical difficulties with my microphone where it did not transfer the settings properly when we dove into locker room, so the sound quality is not as good as normal, but hopefully the content makes up for it. Uh, probably not, but thanks for listening anyway. Apologies in advance. Godspeed. What is up, everybody? We are here following the conclusion of the Thunder and the Wizards, where the Washington Wizards take down the Oklahoma City Thunder 129 to 109 as Oklahoma City continues their tank and Washington continues their win streak, now staring 
firmly at the play-in picture while Oklahoma City stares firmly at the top five lottery odds. Uh, it is a fascinating time for these two teams as they could not be going more in the opposite directions right now. I want to start off by, um, first off, talking about Russell Westbrook. We've already got some comments in the chat. Russell Westbrook, man, a return to Oklahoma City, 37 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. Russ doing what Russ does. I mean, the man's unbelievable. Throwing up a triple-double. I thought he was going to get 40. A 40-point triple-double would have been something. But 37's not too shabby. And his his backcourt mate, Bradley Beal, 33 points for him. I mean, that duo is just clicking right now. And that is a huge reason why the Wizards have been so successful, why they're on this win streak, and why they are in the play-in picture. For Oklahoma City, um, you know, a really solid first half. If you didn't watch the game, uh, the score was 70-68 to Wizards at halftime. It was a really well-played first half, a lot of back and forth, a lot of offense, maybe not so much defense, a lot of offense. Uh, but after scoring 68 points in the first half, Oklahoma City not so much in the second with only 22 points in the third and 19 in the fourth. Uh, scoring was was tougher to go by for Oklahoma City in that second half. But I liked overall what we saw out of a handful of Thunder young guys. Four guys in particular really carried the scoring load for Oklahoma City, uh, scoring 76 points of the Thunder's 109. That's Darius Baisley with 20, Teo Maladone with 20, Isaiah Roby with 18, and Lou Dort with 18. Let's talk about each of those right now. I want to start with Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley, he's a roller coaster. We've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. I know I've talked about it a lot. The Darius Baisley experience, you don't know what you're going to get with Bays. However, this has been a really strong week for Darius Baisley. He had put in two solid performances coming into this game. And tonight, a really, a really strong performance from the intern, the former intern. I'm actually wearing, you can't see this on the locker room app or the podcast, but I'm wearing my uh, New Balance paid internship shirt right now. Shout out Bays. 20 points for Bays tonight to go along with six rebounds and five steals. What I like from Bays is not just the fact that he actually went three of five from behind the arc when that has been often a struggle for him. Um, I liked his aggressiveness overall from the get-go. You can see his confidence. You can see how his recent strong play is really affecting him in a good way. We, we've we mentioned before that, you know, Baisley's a bit of a um, – I don't want to say head case is too strong of a word, but he, he lets bad plays affect him. It it shakes him a little bit. If he's not playing well, it affects him for a few plays after that. And that can turn into games that can turn into a stretch of games. I think the opposite is true when he's playing well, like he has been this week. I think it, it continues to help him kind of ride that high. I hope to see more of this from Baisley moving forward. I think that's been my, my biggest cry for Baisley has been for consistency. We've seen the flashes. We know what the potential is. We've seen the peaks. Can you do it night in and night out? Uh, I definitely think that that's what we need to see from Baisley. Putting three games in a row is a start. Let's keep going. Let's see how many we can get out of Baisley. And that, that's where I start to get really excited. If he can show us those flashes consistently, I think Baisley, Baisley has, a, has an opportunity to capitalize on all that potential that we all know is there. 
as Jeremiah Caesar points out in the chat, he definitely doesn't have in-game dementia. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, he he does not let his mistakes go. And, you know, I get it. I get it. Next guy I want to talk about, Lou Dort. Lugans, man. I love watching this guy play basketball. 18 points tonight to go with eight rebounds. Five of 15 shooting and one of seven from behind the arc. Doesn't get me super excited. But what does get me excited is just watching this guy operate. Um, not only going up up against Bradley Beal. Now listen, like I just I literally just said Bradley Beal had 33 points tonight. Um, but they didn't all come easy. I think Dort still makes people work. He still makes guys work. You still don't want to see Dort lining up against you if you're a perimeter player in the NBA. But what I liked out of Dort tonight, um, he showed some flashes. He had some nice drives to the basket where he finished really well. That's been an area where he has struggled overall. Finishing at the rim is not his strong suit. And you could argue 5 of 15 from the floor probably still wasn't his strong suit tonight. But there are a couple of plays, one in particular, where he kind of like uh, brought the ball way back and did a finger roll kind of as he was he was moving under the basket after cutting in. And it just showed some nice touch. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be you know, necessarily like – as strong of a finisher as like what we expect from Russell Westbrook most nights, but he doesn't need to be, I think again, just a little bit more consistency, a little bit more uh, impact there is what we want out of Dort. And we're starting to see some of that. Now he looks so much more comfortable handling the ball. He looks so much more comfortable with the ball in his hand, shooting the ball. It's just night and day from where he was last year. And there's a lot of obvious factors for that, you know, spending a good chunk of the year last year uh, in, with the blue, not having any practice time. Um, yes, as Silver points out in the chat, he played point guard in college at Arizona State. However, he did spend a good time injured that one year at Arizona State, but he's not he's not foreign to handling the ball. It's not like we're asking a guy that's not used to having the ball in his hands to all of a sudden be a point guard. That's not the situation with Lou. Uh, however, I think, you know, getting more of that experience at the NBA level, starting to get more comfortable at the NBA level, the NBA speed, uh, it's not the same as Pac-12 basketball, uh, but I think starting to see more consistency again out of Lou and, and more comfortability. And I think that'll continue to come with time. I'm just like super psyched watching Lou Dort play though, because I just, I don't think I ever thought, like I knew his defense was going to be elite. It's it that's been clear for a while. What you never knew is what he would bring on the offensive end. And like you, the Thunder have gotten used to guys who are elite on the defensive end and completely non-existent on the offensive end. And when Dort comes out and he's locking up James Harden, you can start to justify that of like, okay, this guy, whatever, he he might do nothing on offense. Um, but he if he brings that defensive lockdown ability, that's fine. Being able to be something on offense and, and not be like Andre Robertson. That is a totally different level uh, that that unlocks something totally different for this Thunder team. And that's the stuff. That's the stuff that's really exciting for Oklahoma City. The next guy I mentioned is Isaiah Roby. Again, Isaiah Roby, the same word here as I used for Baisley aggressiveness. He just seemed like he was going for it. He was attacking the basket. He had some really nice dunks. Now, granted, a couple of those dunks, uh, he basically walked to the basket. The, the Wizards weren't necessarily putting up a lot of resistance, but some really nice moves to the basket. Uh, 18 points off eight of 16 shooting from the floor, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals, and one block. 
a full stat sheet for Roby. I believe the broadcast awarded him player of the game. Another guy that you like seeing make the most of his minutes. Um, you know, he's not a guy that if the Thunder were not in this position that they're in at this point in the season, which is prioritizing young guys in favor of um, development and lottery odds. That's a gentle way to put it. Uh, Roby's not getting 29 minutes like he did tonight. Baisley's probably not getting 32 minutes like he did tonight. These guys aren't quite getting the opportunities that they've had. So you like to see them make the most of it. And I liked what I saw out of Roby. Similarly, Teo Maladone, 31 minutes tonight, 20 points for Teo, eight assists, two rebounds, four of six from behind the arc. Teo's shot from behind the arc is really exciting. Uh, and I don't just say that because I have a bet on the line with Jacob that if uh, Teo shoots over 40 for 40% from behind the arc this season, Jacob has to sing the French national anthem on the podcast, which I would be all about. He's not quite there yet, but uh, I'm rooting for all the four of six games uh, from behind the arc in Teo's future. Once again, just looks really comfortable with the ball. Looks really calm. Does not, does not look like a rookie. Um, so in control, I think it's always interesting to me to watch him, you know, in a matchup like tonight going against Russell Westbrook, where we know how Russ is. We know how he likes to play the head games. Like there's just no engagement of that whatsoever for a guy like Teo. It's it's such a far cry from Russ, but even like a guy like Chris Paul, you know, Chris Paul was known to play the head games too. it, It was not in the same way as Russell Westbrook, obviously, but the fact that like Teo's almost like a robot out there. Uh, it's kind of amazing because I, I don't think if, if Russell Westbrook was talking trash to me on the court, I don't know that I would be able to keep my mouth shut as well as Teo Maladon does. A strong showing from those four guys, like I mentioned elsewhere, Poku, eight points, three of 10 shooting, 0 of four from behind the arc. Um, one of those games from Poku, he was chucking a bit. He had some, some super exciting moments as he always does. Pretty sure he tried to oop the ball off the backboard to himself, which was fascinating as always. Um, the creativity of Poku's mind never ceases to amaze. I do want to talk a little bit about the center rotation tonight. I thought was interesting. Moses Brown got the start, but looking at the stat, he, so he only ended with seven minutes compared to Tony Bradley, who started the second half, but only logged 11 minutes, which really left, um, you know, most of those center minutes going to Roby, who I touched on earlier, Roby playing 29 minutes. A lot of those were, you know, at that center position, which he's, he's a bit undersized when he gets put in the five spot. I mean, he's kind of played all over this season. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I don't know if it was just something with the matchup that Dagnalt saw, Going up against, you know, you look at the um, you look at the Wizards rotation. Lynn, fourteen minutes. Lopez, eighteen minutes, and Gafford, fifteen minutes. I don't know if he saw something there that he liked against some of those guys, uh, but I thought it was interesting. You know, Brown, seven minutes, two points. Uh, Tony Bradley, eleven minutes, four points. That could have something to do with it too. Roby was maybe just making more of his opportunity. But I did think that was an interesting uh, move from Mark Dagnall tonight. Uh, the last thing that stands out to me when I look at this stat sheet is, you know, looking at this, looking at the team stats. Um, 
a lot of areas the Thunder just kind of get dominated tonight. The Wizards 51% shooting, Thunder 41. Wizards 56 from behind the arc, Thunder 30. Uh, rebounds, Wizards 50, Thunder 40. However, if you scroll down to the bottom of the stat sheet, Wizards turnovers 20, Thunder turnovers 17. That is encouraging. 17 turnovers is not amazing. Don't get me wrong. But the Thunder have been easily over 20 turnovers for a number of games now. So to see a game where they're actually winning the turnover battle is a is a rare sight. I mentioned it earlier. The five steals for Baisley is nice to see. You also had Beal, or pardon me, you also had Brown getting a steal. Um, you had Poku getting a steal, Teo getting a steal, Kenny Hustle getting a steal, Tony Bradley getting a steal, Isaiah Roby getting two steals. Everybody was getting involved. Everybody was being active on the defensive end, making things somewhat tough for the Wizards. I mentioned earlier the first half there wasn't. A- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A ton of defensive resistance from either side, but that that's an encouraging baby step. You've got to think that Dagnall in the locker room is making that a point of emphasis just because of how prevalent the turnovers have been for the Thunder that, you know, you, you hope that that's something that he's wanting to work on. And when you see something like that, you hope that that's in response to, to what Dagnault was preaching in the locker room. That's an encouraging sign. It's a small sign. Absolutely. Um, But I, I think that's an encouraging sign. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a credit karma money spend account you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. A good, um, a good comment from Justin Perryman. 
in the chat who who does bring up the turnovers. It's still too many turnovers, but I think that um, like I said, it's the baby steps. It's the progress. When you're when you are literally the worst team in the NBA in terms of turnovers, I think you take a game like tonight where you win the turnover battle. I also want to going through the comments here. Um, we have a comment from Jeremiah Caesar. I think if we get someone like Mobley, maybe we shouldn't keep Brown and Bradley and just run Roby as the backup center. I think that's really interesting. I've definitely kind of been talking myself into Evan Mobley lately. You know, if, if the chip should fall that way, if the ping pong balls bounce that way, I'm definitely interested in Mobley for the thunder. I don't know if I'm ready to cut Brown and Bradley, but probably one of those, um, you know, Bradley and Teo have a little bit of a, a good pick and roll chemistry that I think is interesting to watch develop, you know, Brown, we've seen what, what he can do mostly with his physical tools. I mean, he's a double, double machine. He's, he's very large. He's very aggressive. Um, I think we've kind of seen the scouting report catch up with him a little bit. You know, we, we say this a lot when a guy gets thrust into the lineup and he doesn't have a lot of NBA playing time, you know, initially you don't, you don't know what to expect and, and opposing teams don't know what to expect. And so as they start to get a more robust scouting report on him, then you usually see a young guy like that, you know, start to taper off. Now it's on Brown to adjust. Now it's on Moses to, to figure out what the next step is. How does he adjust to the defensive schemes that teams are running against him? You know, you can't do a lot with seven minutes tonight. I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at him just for tonight. But I think overall, he, he's got to find a way to take that next step as teams are adjusting to him. As it stands right now, despite the impressive stats from Brown, I think I lean towards keeping Bradley if the Thunder were somehow blessed to uh, to keep or to, to land Mobley in the draft. Another question from Jeremiah in the chat is Coach Dagonalt. I just said that like Michael Cage. I'm so sorry. Coach Dagonalt. <laughs> Uh, sorry. He, I think his autocorrect changed it to diagonal and I got Michael caged in my head. Is coach Dagnalt, obviously the next Popovich. I'm, I like, uh, I like seeing what Mark Dagnalt has done this year. You know, he had another moment tonight where he got in Roby's face heading into a timeout. I have no idea what they were talking about necessarily, but that's not the first time that we've seen Dagnalt kind of get in a player's face and it's, Interesting. I'm not, I'm not somebody that like thinks that's what a coach needs to do all the time. Like, I don't think that's the only way you can be a successful coach, but um, because you, because you referenced Popovich, like we do see pop do that. That was a hallmark of those first teams is, you know, nobody's immune to getting their butt chewed out by pop. And that's, that's one of the hallmarks of being on a pop team. We never saw that with uh, Billy. We rarely saw that with Scott Brooks. It's just, it's a different, um, it's a different dynamic. I think it's interesting. I'm curious to see how that persists as the Thunder grow up and as the Thunder roster evolves. Because right now, you know, everybody throws around the the Thunder U uh, nomenclature. And that's really, you know, they're all, they're all college kids. They might not be in college, but they're all college kids. And I think Dignall can get away with treating them like college kids a little bit. As they grow up, 
um, they might not be as into that. <laughs> they, they might not be as into that type of coaching. And I think that's the biggest difference. It'll be interesting to see if that, that style of coaching continues from Dagnall. Um, you know, we've seen him do it with Poku before we saw it tonight with Roby, like I mentioned. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. Um, but I think I, what I like seeing is it seems like the guys respond, you know, it doesn't become combative. It doesn't become like a toxic situation. And, and I think that's what you want. As long as the players are responding to it. I mean, that's all you can hope for. Like that's what you want out of a coach. It doesn't matter what coaching style he uses. I think it's um, more about, is he coaching in a way that the players are responding? And on that note, you know, there was a quote earlier today, I think in pregame um, media av availability from Ty Jerome, where he was asked about, you know, what the, um, what the vibe was like in the locker room with the Thunder losing 12 straight. And he was saying, like, basically spirits are super high. We're really competitive. We don't like losing, but we're encouraged by the progress. That to me is probably the best um, review of Dignall's coaching job this season. If you compare that to, uh, and it's not the same situation by any means, but compare that to the, the Steven Silas press conference when he was asked about the losing streak and it became a little bit viral where he's just sitting there and he has that deep exhale. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to lose. And I think if you can coach a group of guys to have high spirits after a 12-game losing streak, that speaks a lot to Dagnall's coach job. Uh, I, I'm very impressed by that. I think that's probably one of the most telling things about what the vibe in the locker room is and how the players respond to Dagnall. Comment uh, from France from across the pond. Shout out to the wash in the chat. He, he, uh, it's more of a comment. Dort is the sexiest OKC player. Can't disagree. It's good to see Bays being more confident game after game. Amen to that. He also asks what happened with Russ yelling with the bench. I didn't see what exactly he was yelling at. You never know with Russ. It could be anything. Um, <laughs> I did think it was funny that Chris Fisher was like, yeah, there's no need for this. This, the game is, a." Uh, elementary it's it's wrapped up there's no need for Russ to be yelling at anyone but like come on didn't you cover Russ you know how Russ is he, he's always justified and whoever he yells at whenever he yells at them it doesn't matter what the score of the game is um that said you know Russ as fiery as he is on the court as big of a personality as he has on the court um I think it was Andrew Schlecht tweeted a picture after the game of Russ giving his shoes to one of the Thunder front office members. And like, that's the thing that I always rem remember about Russ, you know, all the, all the performance on the court, all the fieriness, all the fighting with other players and fans and whoever else uh, at the end of the day, like Russ is a good dude, seeing him give out his shoes to a, a former um, front office member, you know, to a team that he, he doesn't even play for anymore. I think that that says a lot. Um, that says a lot about, about Russ's character. It's a bummer that there were no fans in the arena tonight. Um, you know, I think the fans, it would have been interesting. I was thinking about this before the game. It would have been interesting to see what the dynamic was like, knowing that I think most Thunder fans have come to accept the tank. And there was always a bit of a um, apprehension about cheering for Russ or against Russ in the past. Like, would Thunder fans have cheered for Russ harder 
tonight than they ever have before. I think it would have been possible. Um, hard to get a read on it with the virtual crowd noise. You know, can't detect any bias with the with the virtual fans. But overall, uh, a great return to Oklahoma City for Russ. I mentioned it earlier, but the the two teams, Oklahoma City and Washington, headed in completely opposite directions as of late. Oklahoma City now 20 and 40. They're pretty firmly in the fifth spot in terms of the draft lottery odds. And they're getting close to the four, which is something that I did not think was possible. They've lost 13 straight now. They're one and a half back of Orlando for the four spot and one and a half up on Cleveland for the six spot. So like I said, pretty firmly in fifth right now. You compare that to um, Washington, who's climbed all the way up to 10th. Uh, Yeah, I guess they're tied for 10th. So they've really kind of uh, switched places over the last week or so as Washington has won seven and Oklahoma City has lost 13. I'm I'm starting to get nervous about draft lottery night. It sounds crazy, but like just thinking about all that will be at stake for Oklahoma City on that night, like it's going to feel like when Dame pulled up for the shot that sent Oklahoma City home in the playoffs. Um when that ball's in the air, that's how it's going to feel while those ping pong balls are bouncing around. And I hope that this ends better than that did. Uh, I hope it ends with Oklahoma city getting uh, Cade Cunningham in their future. I'm going to do a, I'm going to send the lottery just because I have tankathon up. We're going to do this live Oklahoma city with the third pick. I'll take that. Let's do another one. This is like crack. I'm obsessed. Okay. Oklahoma city with the one pick. We're going to stop there. Third pick on the first try, first pick on the second try. Can't beat that. Quit while you're hot. Another question in the chat. What is the confidence level that we don't win a game for the rest of the season? So we kind of talked about this a little bit on the last uh, weekly podcast, our Sunday podcast. You look at that schedule and you look at the games the Thunder have lost, and it gets real tough to predict where a win might be. Next game, Monday at Philly, nope. At Boston, nope. New Orleans, nope. Indiana, mm, probably not. Phoenix, nope. Uh, Sacramento, as someone in the chat points out, Fox is out. Is Fox back by May 4th? Like, what's the tanking situation with Sacramento? Oklahoma City plays Sacramento three times in their last stretch of games. I think that those are potential traps to the tank that the Thunder will have to watch out for Um, Golden State twice, Utah once, Clippers once. There's not a lot of games that are like, oh yeah, that's totally winnable. Um, So it's, it's very interesting looking at that, the rest of the schedule. Like do the Thunder in the season on a 20 plus win streak or lose streak? I should say that would be insane. Another question in the chat from the wash. Do you think next year we will be more competitive with the, with the draft, the guys coming from Europe an actual Dort and Shea. This is the most interesting question to me. Uh, we've de- debated this internally just among our like hosts of this podcast. Um, and we all have different viewpoints. If I think it totally depends on how the lottery picks shake out. If Oklahoma City somehow, like dream scenario, Oklahoma City lands one and five. Like that, that's the completely ideal scenario for the draft lottery. If they land one and five, 
I think it gets real tough to continue to tank next year. Beyond that, though, I think Oklahoma City will have the pieces to make the play-in next year. The question becomes, do you have to be aggressive about tanking again, kind of like you were this year, because next year's draft could be even better than this year's draft. Like there's a lot of good picks at the top of this draft, but next year there could be even better that the incentive to tank next year could be even higher. And I think that gets tricky when you look at, you know, the amount of talent the Thunder will have on the roster will hypothetically be higher next year than it is this year. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the Thunder play that, you know, as someone in the chat points out there, there is concern about, you know, how long do you lose before you waste Shea's talent? I think that is always a concern. However, I don't think one more year of a year like this, if you can go lock down a top pick, you bring a money Bates into the thunder and you're looking, you're looking at uh, conference finals for the foreseeable future. If you land a, a top pick this year and somebody like a money Bates next year, I mean, that that's dream scenario for the thunder. You want to talk about building another dynasty that's how you do it. One more comment before we tap out. There was news reported today that Gabrielle Deck has arrived in Oklahoma City. Um, there was a, a Deck fan account, take that with a grain of salt, that was a rough Google Translate in Spanish that said uh, basically Deck had tested negative for COVID the first time, was taking his second COVID test today. Um, and I think that seeing how how soon he can suit up for the Thunder will be interesting. Like we mentioned, there's not a ton of games left. I'm really curious to see how Oklahoma City uses him, kind of what their objectives are for him, um, what their what their thought process is around him. It's a bit of a, a confusing signing. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I think, you know, watching his highlights, he looks like a fun player. He seems genuinely excited about making it to the NBA uh, I think it'll be fun to see what he can do in a Thunder uniform. Like I mentioned at the top, this will wrap up our show tonight as Oklahoma City loses to the Washington Wizards 109 to 129. Up next, be sure to tune in for our weekly live stream. We do a live streamed show every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Central. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, tune in for that live stream with us, and then we will be back at it with another live post-game show just like this one on the Locker Room app after every game uh, next week four Thunder games in action at Philly, at Boston, against the Pelicans, and against the Pacers. So lots of more, lots more Thunder content coming your way. Uh, we appreciate you tuning into the Locker Room, interacting with us, giving us great questions as always. If you're listening to this in podcast form, thank you so much for checking us out. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And until next time, Thunder Up! builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America and the more you do with 5G the more building it right matters the more your network matters 
The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.